This is the Seafair Investor Podcast, bringing you the tides of investing and personal finance from to millennial seafarers and alike. I'm your host, Soshin, a full-time seafarer, value investor, and a personal finance enthusiast. Welcome to episode 13. Today's episode will be about personal finance. I will talk about how much should you really save and invest. Because I believe saving and investing should go hand in hand. A good investor is also a good saver because obviously you need to save money in order for you to invest. (laughs) I will also talk about specifically on how much a seafarer or a millennial seafarer like me should save and invest. As like I've said in the first episode of the podcast, our profession is in a kind of a special situation that is really optimized for saving and investing. Let's go! Now, the focus of this episode will be about saving. As I've said in the intro, you can't invest if you don't save a portion of your money. So, Saving is obviously an important habit to develop. However, the next question will be, how much should you save? I know most advice out there will say that you must save as much as you can possible. Others will say like 30% of your monthly salary. I mean, the reason behind this is kind of obvious because yes, you need to develop that habit early, but but I would like to argue differently because this advice will not apply to most people. For me, there should not be a fixed amount or percentage on saving. Rather than talking about the right amount to save, it would be much better to just save what you can. Let's say you're starting from a low-income salary. You will be depriving yourself by cutting so much of your spending just because you need to reach your savings target every month. And that's not a good life to live. I mean, it won't be worth it. It's a miserable one. Especially if you cut those spending that makes you objectively happy. (laughs) But of course, I'm not saying that you should just spend and spend because saving money at such a low salary won't matter. What I really mean is that the stress and anxiety of controlling your spending in a tight budget because of a low salary is not worth your time. The better thing to do is to focus on growing your income instead of worrying too much about your spending and savings rate. Uh, This is what the modern term that called uh, upskilling (laughs) means. You improve your human capital, you you make yourself more valuable to your company, to the business and such by acquiring new skills. Of course, this is just uh, easier said than done. But if you do this, because if you grow your income, the amount you can save will also obviously go up. (laughs) And another point is that cutting your spending has its limits. 
you have to eat after all in order to live. But growing your income has no ceiling to hit. The sky is the limit, they say. This is why focusing on income growth is far more important than spending when it comes to building long-term wealth. I, I first read this uh, idea from an article featuring Nick Majuli. He further explains in the article by sharing a story when he was 22 or 23 years old. He invested $1,000 at that time and was getting a 10% return, meaning he gets around 100 bucks. But he said at the time, he was overanalyzing it because he was also going out with his friends at the same time and, and that 100 bucks that he earned from investing was only spent in one night of drinking, eating, and going home in Uber. He basically spent his entire year of investment in just one night. (laughs) What he realized was his investments didn't really matter that time because he did not have enough money yet. So if this is the case, why bother saving and investing if you have such a small amount of money? I mean, I'm not saying, and most especially I think Nick Majuli is not saying that you don't need to develop a habit of saving because of this. But it's quite the opposite. In his book, Just Keep Buying, um, he says it's all about figuring out where to focus. So it it doesn't mean that you don't need to give focus on trying to be more frugal, living below your means. It means that you don't have to give all your attention in one at one area. So he calls this the save invest um continuum. So in this one there are two questions. The first one is how much can you save in cash the next year? If you said you can save 5,000 pesos per month, then that's 60,000 pesos per year. Then the second question is, what can your current investments earn you in the next year? So let's say you have 100,000 pesos in stocks and you're getting a 5% return in the form of dividends. That's 5,000 pesos per year. So here's how it is. So you have 60,000 pesos that you can save per year. And you have that 5,000 pesos that your investments can earn you. So which one is bigger? Obviously, it is your saving, the 60,000 pesos. As I've said earlier, growing your income will naturally increase your savings and the amount that you can invest. So at some point in the future, if you do this properly and consistently, that 60,000 pesos will grow higher, which means you can invest more. And that 5,000 pesos return you get from your investment will also go higher, of course, to the point that your investments should earn you the same amount that you save, or even more. (laughs) This is actually the goal itself. It is to come to a point that your yearly investment returns 
will surpass your savings per year. That's the beauty of this. Now, Nick Majuli further explains that if you've come to a point where your investment returns exceeds what you can save, then that's the time where you can shift your focus into investing more. It's like having a 10 million pesos of investments netting you a 10% return, which translates into a million pesos. And a million pesos is hard to save. That's why investing matters at this point of time. So I know this is kind of an extreme example, but this really illustrates the point, which is to find where to focus. The lesson here is don't worry too much about your investments when you don't have a lot yet invested. Give more attention into increasing your income. Optimize it and growing wealth will follow. This um, <laughs> this suddenly reminds me of a quote from the movie uh, Three Idiots. I, uh, I know most, most will be familiar with this uh, Indian movie. The quote is, um, chase excellence and success will follow. <laughs> Not sure if it's really relevant, but it kind of connects nicely, if I say so myself. <laughs> anyway, um, now to the topic about how much should a millennial seafarer save and invest? The answer is, like what I said earlier, there should be no exact or definite amount. And for those that are still starting out, I really recommend to focus more on saving what you can first. I know this is quite um, the not the same as what I've said in the first part of the podcast, but I, hear me out. <laughs> so what I said is to focus, if you're a seafarer, you need to focus more on saving what you can first, than stressing out too much on trying to maximize the earnings of your investments back home. And given how Filipino seafarers earn more than the average uh, worker in the Philippines, plus the advantage of not paying any food, rent, and utility while working at ship, a Filipino seafarer can save more than usual, which can make the process of the save and invest continuum faster. However, I know we all have different situations and some of those won't let us save a lot, like having a huge loans back home for a car, a house, or just having a big family to support. But I still believe the majority of millennial seafarers out there can save more if they wanted to. I've seen this firsthand with my colleagues here on board, where I shared some advice on their personal finances. And it kind of worked wonders for them as they managed to save more because they have a, a clear framework to follow and uh, start with. Because, you know, sometimes people just need the right nudge into the right direction. And this is exactly the reason why I made this uh, podcast. <laughs> it's to reach and help people that I can talk in person about finance and investing. 
Of course, I'm I'm not a registered uh, financial planner, so I can't really give official advice. So please still take everything I say with a bit of skepticism and research more on your own. Take what I say here as a starting point to either reject or accept what I say. <laughs> Another thing is that it's really hard for seafarers to focus on income growth, especially when, or most especially when you're working at sea. The unreliable internet, the draining work physically and mentally can really be an obstacle to finding more ways to increase income. As the usual seafarer that I know would rather watch a movie, rest and relax after a shift than researching and studying. (laughs) This is also the reason why I think seafarers are really prone to investment scams because they don't have the time and energy to research more deeply when they're on board. They will bite on every available opportunity, especially if it sounds too easy. That's why I really advocate for most seafarers to concentrate in saving more while on board than trying to set up a new business back home even while you're at sea. (laughs) Just because a relative chatted you this great uh, business idea and needs your capital. So focus more into building a good financial buffer in the form of savings and emergency fund. And again, I'm not saying that you should not invest even if you're at sea. But my point here really is by taking less action while on board the ship will keep you away from financial harm. You can Think more about investments when you're at home resting and you have a lot of time to think. And even what I, and even while at sea, you can still invest and I highly recommend you automate that investing into uh, index funds. And uh, besides, given the higher income of seafarers relative to the country where they came from, they will have a higher savings rate. That's a faster way to reach that save and invest continuum that Nick Majuli was saying. Again, the goal, Cabaro, is to reach enough capital base for your investment returns to be higher than what you can save every contract. If you do reach it, then then that's the time you can focus more in managing your investments and perhaps retire from seafaring also. This is the ultimate goal. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to reach out to me, kindly follow and like my Facebook page, The Seafarer Investor Podcast. You can message me there and through my email also, which is soshininvestor at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to leave a 5-star rating and a review in whatever podcast you're listening. It helps a lot in the discovery uh, algorithm. (laughs) Thank you and see you in the next episode. Bye!